Good evening, good evening, good evening. Well, is it evening or morning? I guess it's still morning. It's still morning. <laughs> it's a sunny, sunny day today. I guys, uh, I dropped in. Thank you guys for joining in on my podcast. This is Dr. Pearlie Martin with Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. And today we're going to drop in because I got to ask the question. Can you discern the voice of God? Is it God? Did God do it? Who's doing it? Who's 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 uh, who's uh, in t- who's um, who's to blame for all of this mess and this confusion and this? What's going on? Can you discern the voice of God? <laughs> we finna we finna dig into it in a second, in a minute, in a moment. We're gonna pray first, Father. We just thank you for being here together with us in the midst of us. You're omnipotent and you're omnipresent. You're everywhere at the exact same time, Father God, so we know that we are not alone. You're not just with us, but as born-again believers, you're on the inside of us, for our body is the temple, Father. Therefore, Father, we ask that you um, use my lips of clay to say what you need to say, Father. When I open my mouth, I ask that the Holy Spirit just speak through me. I yield my members to you, Lord God. You said when we yield our members to, that's who we servant to. So, Father, here I am as your servant. I yield my members to you. And I say, Lord, you speak and I'll yield to your will, to your way, and to your word. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you guys again for joining in. Please share this podcast. Please support us. Hit that support button um, on my page. If you'd like to leave a message, hit the message button. Um, you guys follow me on my Facebook page at Pearly Martin Podcast, okay? Join the prayer room if you'd like to pray. Um, we're going to jump into it. So um, let's talk about, we're talking about discerning the voice of God. Um, uh, John 1, it talks, is it John, it talks about um, John, John 4. He talks about us uh, believing not every spirit, but trying the spirit, you know, to see if the spirit is of God. And it talks about you know, about whatever spirit does not confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, that's the spirit of God. And whichever one don't confess that Jesus is Lord is not the spirit of Christ. It's the Antichrist spirit. But here, um, I, I wanted to tap into that to say, not only do we need to test the spirit, but to bring to our attention that we are spirits. How many of you know that the real us is the spirit? That we are three-part beings. Uh, we have we, we have a we are a spirit, we live in a body, and we have a soul. We're three-part being, right? Um, so the real us is a spirit. The Bible tells us that it's the spirit that gives us life. And so we, we're all aware of the fact that when a person dies, when they cease to live here on earth, it's because their spirit leaves the body. The body is left behind, it returns to dirt, but the spirit has left the house. The, th- the spirit that gave the life left the house. That's why the body died, right? The Bible says in Romans that he who has not the spirit of God is none of his, right? So we all have, you know, we were born into sin. That's why we have to be born again. Because when we were born into sin, we had the nature of the, 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 the you know, the, the, the devil, okay? Um, and that's why we had to be born again. The Bible tells us, it says, um, Beloved, don't be deceived. Whoever practice righteousness is of God. Whoever practice unrighteousness is of the devil. He's talking about lifestyle, okay? So, but what I'm saying all that because I'm trying to get us to see and understand um, that we're spirits. The real us is a spirit, okay? We live in this flesh body, but the real us is a spirit. So the Lord said, you know, we need to test the spirit. So how many of you know that um, first, uh, first 
John, John tells us that in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. God and his word is one, right? So God and his word is one. So God, God is God and his word is one. So meaning that God cannot tell a lie, right? The word of God tells us that God cannot tell a lie. He's not a man that he should lie, nor son of a man that he should have to repent from anything. Because God cannot lie. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So God is truth, okay? The spirit of truth, he tells the truth, right? And God and his word is one. We're getting ready to connect these dots here. It's trying to trying to set a foundation, okay? So God and his word is one. So because God, uh, God is the truth, he will never tell a lie. So God never speaks contrary to who he is. Okay, for God to speak contrary to who he is, that means he would have to tell a lie. And we already distinguished and determined according to the word that God cannot tell a lie. So God does not speak contrary to who he is or to how he is. So to know how to know the uh, the voice of God, we really have to know the word of God. But we do have the Holy Spirit. Also, um, we have an unction from the Holy One. He is a teacher. Uh, he, he teaches us all things. The Holy Spirit, his job there is to teach us, to lead us, and to guide us into everything that's true. So the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless, but I'll leave you with a comforter. He'll be our helper, our teacher, right? The Holy Spirit only speaks. He speaks on behalf of the Father, and he brings in remembrance of those things that our Father said. The Holy Spirit will not speak contrary to what God says, Okay. The Bible tells us that there is no private interpretation of the word of God. So if the if uh, if the spirit that's speaking is doing something or acting contrary, saying something or doing something that's contrary to who God is, then it's not God. Okay, let's let's we gotta learn how to discern. He tells us to exercise our ability to discern. So in order to discern, we have to be able to distinguish what's good and what's evil, what's God and what's, what's, what's evil, what's God and what's the devil. Okay, we have to be able to distinguish the two because if we can't distinguish the two, the Bible says even the elect will be deceived. How is it that the serpent was able to deceive Eve and she knew the word? We know that Eve knew the word because she quoted it back to the serpent. She told that when the serpent said, did God really say that you can't eat from any trees of the garden? She said, no, no, but God did say. So she quoted the word back to him. She was a Bible believing. She, she, she knew the word. You know, she was well versed. She knew the word. So how is it that she knew the word and was still deceived? How was the serpent able to trick her out of the truth? Um, well, for one, we know that you have to get off in the flesh, right? The carnal mind. He began to entice her. He began to seduce her with the lust of the eyes, uh, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And if we go back and read that story, I believe in Genesis 3, we'll see all three of those temptations at work. Um, she saw that the food was good, right? And she saw that it was good to make one wise, uh, um, right? He tempted her. Those are the three temptations. Those are the three, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. That's the love of the world. The, Jesus said, the word of God in John tells us, he said, love not the world nor the things of the world. Because if you love the world, which is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, um, you'll love not, you know, cause us not to love God. So the devil tempted her with those three temptations or what she could see, the lust of the eyes, 
uh, with what she wanted, the lust of the flesh, it was good for food. Her flesh wanted to eat it. First she saw that it was good, then she wanted to eat it. Uh, and then she said it can make one wise, the pride of life. Um, now she didn't know who she was, and when we don't know who we are, just like Eve was able, the serpent was able to deceive Eve, that's the same way he's able to deceive us. When we're not sure of our identity in Christ. He said, if um, you will not, did God really say that you won't surely die? The devil came. He told her that she wouldn't surely die if she went contrary to what God said. She wouldn't surely die, even though God said she would die. Okay. And she knew what he said because she quoted it back. She, she knew the word, but yet she was deceived. And she knew the word, but yet she was deceived. She was deceived because she really did not believe. He, t- he enticed her. He tricked her. The works of the, fl- the, uh, the love of the world, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, and the deceitfulness of ri- uh, um, the pride of life. Lust of the flesh, lust of, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Those three temptations were at work when she before he set those three things in motion before she even ate. Right? These are the three temptations in which every sin comes through. If you look at your life, every area in your life where there's a you're having a sin issue or a flesh issue, um, uh, uh, it's coming through one of those doors. It's either something that our flesh want, uh, it's something that our uh, the lust of the flesh, something that our eyes. Uh, you know, is in, using the lust of the eyes, start to covet after stuff, not being satisfied with what you have. That's how the spirit of, of covetousness is able to gain access into our lives when we're not satisfied uh, with what we have. Um, God tells us that's one of the works of the flesh, covetousness. You should not covet your neighbor's wife. You should not covet after anything anybody else have. But if we learn to be content in whatsoever state that we're in, we won't covet after what someone else has. We won't begin to lust after what someone else has, but we'll be satisfied uh, with the skin that we're in. We'll be satisfied with the things that we have. Um, I like to tell people, you know, just look at where you are is on your way to where you're going. Okay, because God is not finished with us yet. But um, that's why when you get into envy and all those kind of things, that's, that's all connected to covetousness. And that's not being content in the state that you're in. Contentment with godliness uh, is a great game. We have to learn to be content in whatever state we're in. Um, it's a temporary state, you know, because like I said, we're on our way to where we're going. Um, but in the meantime, he was able to trick her out of the truth. He was able to uh, tempt her through those through temptations. So even though she knew the word, he, he was able to he was able to tempt her, and he tricked her out of the truth. And when we when we are tempted and we give in to the temptation, because it's not a sin to be tempted. Christ was tempted with the same thing when he was in the garden, and he was tempted for forty days and forty nights. Those were the three temptations of Christ: the lust of the flesh. He was hungry after he finished eating. Um, um, the lust of the eyes. Satan took him up on the, on the hot to the high place and said, "Look, look at all this stuff. If you bow down and worship me, I'll just I'll give you all of this." That was the lust of the eyes, and then the pride of life, which was the third one. He said, "If you be the Son of God, cast yourself down amongst the stones, and the angels will hold you up." And um, so. He, but Jesus knew who he was. And because Jesus knew who he was, he didn't have anything to prove. <laughs> it's not, isn't it? You shall not tempt the Lord 
by God. I don't have to. God, how many of you know God doesn't have to prove himself to us? That's why uh, praying these myths, you know, you're praying a myth. Um, when we're saying, God, if this is really you, then do this. God, if this is really you, be careful with the, with that because the devil gets in on that. God doesn't have to answer your test. He doesn't have to prove himself to you. You know, uh, he wants us to just believe him because he said it. Okay, God, if this is really you, let this person walk through the door. Be careful with all that stuff. You're getting off into some demonic activity because the devil heard you. He can answer too. Okay? Uh, evil in the wicked generation is always seeking a sign. God just wants us to just believe him at his word. I mean, really, think about it. If you tell somebody you're going to do something, do you want them to say, well, I'll believe it. I'll believe it when I see it. What is that? You know, without faith, it's impossible to please God. You know, because when we don't believe God, we call him a liar. And, and, and if you tell me something and I'm like, well, I don't believe you, I don't believe you. I'm calling you a liar. That's not pleasing to you either. We, um, we have to spend more time with God developing our love relationship so we can have faith in what he says. You know, his word has got to become our absolute truth. Some of us know people and we believe them so much and we have so much faith in them that, um, I mean, any and every little thing they say, we believe it. And that's how God wants us to be. Um, that's how God wants us to be towards him. But can you discern the voice of the Lord? I'm trying to stick here. How can we distinguish the voice of the Lord? Okay, first of all, we know that God is love. The Bible tells us and teaches us that God is love. It's not just that God loves us, but God is love. Love is who God is, right? So love is who God is. Love is a choice, not force, right? So that means love is not manipulation. Manipulation is control, okay? So love is not manipulation and love is not control. So if a spirit, because remember, we're speaking spirits, right? So if a spirit comes to you trying to manipulate you, telling you, if you don't do this, I'm going to take your job. I'm going to fire you. If you don't do this, then I'm not going to marry you. If you don't do this, I'm not going to talk to you. If you don't do this, any spirit that speaks like that or does that, is not the spirit of the Holy Spirit. It's not God. He said, my sheep know my voice. Those who have the sons, the spirit of God has the ability to be led by God. For God has not, did not give us a spirit of slavery to fear, to bring us back into bondage to cause us to fear. So anytime that we're doing stuff out of fear, it's not the spirit of God that's leading us. And I know we don't like to call it fear, but until you're willing to face the truth, you're going to always be held. We're going to always be held captive by a lie. You know, the Bible says to confess your own faults one to another so that you may be healed. The affection for prayer, prayer of a righteous man developed much. We have to be able to confess our own mess. Um, because when you confess the truth, it sets us free from a lie. How many of you know that? When you tell the truth, a lie has no place in our life. 
When we tell the truth, a lie has no place to hide. When we tell the truth, it's like shining the light. And and just because a person has fear doesn't mean they don't love God. I don't know what that interpretation uh, is, uh, what lie the devil tells us to leave, make us believe that um, when we mess up, that we didn't love God. It's just to know that I fell down, Lord, I sinned, Lord, forgive me, and uh, I'm going to get back up, and, and I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do what you say, right? Because we're learning, and we're growing from faith to faith, and glory to glory. But pride is what keeps us from telling the truth. Pride is what causes us to hide behind a lie. Because I think that what the problem is, we equate what we do with being who we are. Now, what you do is not who you are. But what you do, what we do is uh, an act. When we do sin, it's an act in which we allow our flesh to commit. Because we are who God says we are. I'm not the act. I am who God says I am. But the act does expose um, the motive. Okay. Our actions can tell us our motives. Right? Um, uh, But the act is not who you are. If you're born again, we are who God says we are. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are that because of what Christ did. I'm in right standings with God because of what Christ did. Uh, It wasn't because of what we did that put us in right standings with God. It was what Christ did. He who knew no sin became sin so that we could be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's what the word of God tells us. That That's what he teaches us. And that's the truth that I stand on. Um, God's word is my absolute truth. So um, when I'm wrong, uh, I compare it to what God say. And, and that's it. There's no justifying it. It's what he said. That's what it is. Okay. So when this spirit came into the world and it began to say, If you don't do this, then this is going to happen to you. If you don't do this, that was not the Holy Spirit. That was not the Spirit of God. He said even the elect will be deceived. And then we say, well, you have to use wisdom. There's the wisdom of this world, and then there's the wisdom from God's Word. That Spirit that was speaking was not God's Spirit. You say, how do you know? Because that Spirit was manipulating people and overriding people's will. If you're if you if you're with a man and he says, unless you do this, I'm not going to be with you unless you have sex with me. I'm not going to be with you or anything. I'm just saying anything on a job. If you don't do this, then we're going to fire you. If you don't, you know, and there's something that's wrong. Anything that tries to manipulate or override your will is a spirit of witchcraft. This is how, you know, you can distinguish the spirit of truth from the spirit of error. That spirit that was going, that's telling you that unless you do this or unless you do that, if you don't do this, we're going to take your money. If you don't do this, we're going to take your livelihood. If you don't do this, we're going to put you in jail. If you don't do, that's not this. Love is choice. It's not force. Manipulation is rooted in control. One of the meanings for manipulation is control. So anything or anybody that tries to over override your will, any spirit that speaks that try to override your will is not the Holy Spirit. Okay, I just wanted to bring some clarity to that. 
Can you discern, the, measure everything? It doesn't matter who it is because the Bible said, no, no man according to the flesh, but according to the spirit, right? We no longer know Christ anymore according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Uh, uh, first Corinthians, is that first Corinthians or second Corinthians um, 5, 16? No, no man according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. We now no longer know Christ according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things passed away. Behold, look, see, all things have become new. So if a spirit that's speaking, because we're speaking spirits, remember that, tells you, tries to make you or force you to do something by means of manipulation. If you don't do this, then this is going to happen. If you don't do this, then that... That is a spirit of manipulation. We bind the spirit of witchcraft that has been released into our atmosphere because that's what witchcraft does. And it controls and it manipulates and it uses fear tactics um, to make people believe that if you don't do this, then this is going to happen. Manipulation always try to make you think that if you don't do what it says, something bad is going to happen. Is that not the spirit of fear? The Bible said that God did not give us a spirit of fear. Because fear has to do with torment. But God has given us a spirit power, love, and a sound mind. He didn't give us a spirit of fear because fear has to deal with torment. So what is the torment that's connected to fear? Well, the lie, once again, the lie that fear tells is, if you don't do this, something bad is going to happen to you. That's the torment that's connected to the spirit of fear. And at the end of the day, really, if we, if we go a little bit deeper and really, really was honest, because, you know, you have to be honest to face the truth, okay? Um, so if we go a little bit deeper, we can go deeper than that. And we can say... Um, when we say that we are afraid, really, what are we saying? What are we afraid of? Um, the truth of the matter is we're afraid of dying. <laughs> we are afraid of death. So what we're saying is, when we're saying I'm afraid, what we're saying is I'm afraid to die. I'm afraid, I'm afraid of the consequences. Like when we're saying, well, I'm afraid to fly. Really what you're saying is you've never even flown, okay? So... For you to be afraid of something that you've never experienced, it's got to be something there attached to that spirit of fear. Really what you're saying is, but like I say, you have to be honest to admit the truth. What you're really saying is, I'm afraid to die. What you're saying is, I'm afraid that plane is going to crash and I'm going to die. Now, as believers, oh, death, where is your grave? He took the sting out of death. As believers, we're not supposed to be afraid to lose our life. We're not, we're, not, we're not supposed to be in fear of death as believers because fear comes from the enemy. So this spirit that's been released in the earth right now, this spirit that's manipulating people, telling them you're going to lose your job, telling them all these things, I just want you to know that that's not the spirit of God because God does not manipulate people and God, the spirit of God does not try to control people to make them do what he wants them to do. He said, I set before you this day, life, death, blessings or curses. You get to choose, but choose life. So you and your, your children, y'all can live forever. You, it's better that you, God is life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. It's so important 
that as we approach these evil end times, that we take some time out and we think about what's being said and we judge everything and we, we judge everything according to and in line with the word of God. I mean, you know, there's no private interpretation of the scriptures. God is not going to tell you something that's contrary to what his word is saying or contrary to his character. God does not go contrary to who he is. He's love. He's patient. He's gentle. He's kind. He's long suffering. That is the fruit of the spirit. That's his character. That's the every good and perfect gift comes down from the father. You have the, you have uh, wisdom that comes from heaven. And then you have this earthly central wisdom, this demonic wisdom that comes from the world. God wisdom does not manipulate people. That's not the wisdom of God. God's wisdom is peaceful, is fruitful. It's not manipulative. Um, God is wisdom. He said, if you need wisdom, you need to come and ask me. The wisdom of God is the word of God. Okay. So God is not going to tell you anything contrary to who he is. The spirit of God is not saying to you. If you don't do this, then I'm going to do this. If you don't do this, then I'm going to do that. If you, I'm saying, trying to manipulate you. If you don't bow down and worship me, then I'm going to do this. No, he says that in the end, every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. What I'm saying is the spirit of God does not try to trick you or manipulate you. It does not try to control you and it does not try to override your will. If we look at the children of Israel when they was coming out, that's what Pharaoh did. He tried to take away, what was it, their straw? I want you to make brick without straw or something. He was trying to punish them. You know, um, that's what manipulation does. It will try to punish you if you don't do what it says. That's the taskmaster. That's that slave spirit. That's that spirit of bondage. Okay. God is a good father. God is not testing us with no evil. Let no man say that when he is tempted, that God is tempting them because God cannot be tempted by evil. You know, and, and God, God is not, does not tempt us with evil and God cannot be tempted by evil. So let's stop with that foolishness. Will you tempt your child with evil to see if they're going to pass a test? Let me tell you who is testing us. The devil is coming for the word. The devil, I said, the devil is coming for the word. How many of you know that? The Bible say that immediately after the seed is sown, which is the word of God, Satan is coming to steal it. The devil is coming to steal the word. How is he coming to steal the word? Through tests, through trials, through tribulations. Satan is coming. All you have to do is look at it like this. Okay. So God is a good father, okay? And he loves us way more than we do our own self. He does. He, he loves us. He loves us more than we love ourselves. So, so, if you wouldn't put cancer on your child to teach them a lesson, why would you think our God, who is love, who is agape love, who love is unconditional, will put cancer on his kids to teach them a lesson? Come on now. 
we don't, as a father has compassion on his children, the Bible tells us, so does our God have compassion on his children. You know, God loves us more than we love ourselves. God loves our children more than we love our children because his love is unconditional. Come on now, let's get, we need to study, study, study the characteristics of Christ. God is good, okay? If it's not good, it's not God. Come on now. If it's not good, it's not God. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father. He's not a manipulator, okay? He's not trying to control your will because love is choice, not force. And Jesus said, if you love me, then obey me. He wants us to serve him because we love him. Okay, that needs to be our motive for everything we do. So anything that we're doing out of fear is a sin. Anything done outside of faith is sin. The Bible tells us that anything done outside of faith is sin. Okay, so God did not give us a spirit of slavery or bondage, but he gave us his spirit. And that's why we call him Abba Father. The spirit of fear is the spirit of slavery and bondage. And anytime we're doing something outside of love, of the love of God, or because God told us to do it, then it's not God. I'm getting ready to end it here. You guys spend some time reading the book of Matthews, uh, read the book of John, find out, let's study the characteristics of Christ. Because when we understand the character of Christ, we're not, we won't be uh, led astray. We'll be able to discern and to be able to distinguish which spirit is an operation because as we can see Eve knew the word and she was still deceived because she did not we have to have a relationship with Christ it's not just enough to know about God we have to know who he is so there's no condemnation let's just spend time knowing who God is and this is not God this spirit that's ramping the world trying to manipulate people forcing people to do what they want that's not God remember love is choice not force it's not the end of the world. We just, Lord, forgive us. We repent. And let's get up and uh, spend time with him so we can discern his voice, know his character, know when God is speaking so we're not led astray and we're not tricked out of the truth like Eve. Okay? I'm um, in here. You guys be blessed, be encouraged. You guys support our nonprofit, We Care, W-E-E-C-A-R-E, 1966.us. Also, go over there and uh, follow us, hit like, follow us on our um, We Care page. You guys subscribe to my face, my uh, website. So when events and stuff comes up, um, you can be made aware of it through emails and newsletters. Okay, I'm ending it here. You guys keep looking for the good in your day so you see God's goodness all throughout your day. And be blessed and be encouraged and have a wonderful life. How about that?